This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. You are now listening to the Heroic Council. Uh, welcome to uh, the a new episode of the Heroic Council. Um, today, my featured guest is Parshel Tashi. Uh, make sure to tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern, where we get together to talk and work and answer your questions. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform on YouTube or join our Facebook group. All of that can be found at uh, superheroinstitute.org slash heroic and all links to the show will be in our notes. Uh, let's get started. Um, so today we're going to talk to Parshel, who filmed and edited 25 videos in less than four hours. And uh, she's going to discuss with us ways on not getting stuck. Um, so Parshel, um, can you tell me about uh, how you uh, how you were able to accomplish this? Yeah, well, uh, to, to give some context, I put together uh, my first online course. And uh, of course, a lot of online courses require video. And so uh, me as a video professional myself, as much as I love it, I just don't want to be stuck with a ton of editing because it's like probably the most time consuming part of video, right? So <clears throat> my intention was to figure out how I could do the most with the least amount of effort possible, right? <laughs> so I essentially uh, was able to, in two days, uh, we I, I allocated two hours uh, to both of these days and was able to knock out all the filming and the editing in those, those two hour blocks. So that's kind of a, a, a high level overview of what I did. And, um, and and we'll clearly go deeper into sort of what I actually did and how I did it. So, but yeah, that's just kind of gives some doing an online course and knew I didn't want to get stuck with a whole bunch of editing. So I figured out a way somehow to do it and knock it all out with like transitions, you know, cut to this, my screen, cut to other shots, sound effects, fade in, fade out, everything. So what was your inspiration to get to this point where you could edit like this? Like what pushed you in that direction to begin with? I think <clears throat> there's there. I'm really fascinated by speed when it comes to video. Um, I remember when I was doing, uh, you know, more wedding work, the concept of like a same day edit was really intriguing. I got pretty close to that um, in some regards, but just the ability to have your videos turned around very quickly. You know, everybody wants that, you know, you don't want it to be sitting and waiting. Um, so my motivation really was to, how can I get this done as soon as possible? Um, I also was up against a deadline because thankfully I had uh, pre-sold, I think about six or seven seats to my course before it was ready. Yeah. So <laughs> um, that definitely put the pressure on to not necessarily like just let it just like sit and hang and just, oh, I'll get to it. But I was like, you know, I, I made a commitment to uh, the people who showed up and wanted to learn this. And, um, you know, that definitely motivate, motivated me more to get it done. You know what I mean? Not to let it just sit. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned speed in particular. Um, what is it that you think, uh, I guess, first of all, like what is it that makes speed possible, particularly now, especially because like, I'm assuming you're doing this as almost a one man band, or I know you have a partner, so you're working with one other person to make this happen. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I can think even five years ago, that might be really challenging getting these 25 videos up. So, so what's changed? I think the technology, uh, the technology has changed and it's made it to where even you and me right now on this podcast episode, I mean, we're not using our built-in webcams to get this image, right? Our cameras are actually connected into our computers. And that's really the first, that, that's really what makes all of it possible in terms of what I was able to do. Um, because otherwise, if I had to, you know, have my camera on the tripod and then record, the, record meaning I have to like actually physically hit the camera, hit the record button or have someone else do it. And then once we're done recording, take all those videos out of the memory card and then put them into the computer. I mean, it's just like that in and of itself, we talk about time and speed, like that takes time, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So so just by virtue of the fact that our, our cameras are connected to the computer, I don't have to even really touch the camera to hit record. I can hit a button on my computer. I start recording and then once it's done, it, the, my computer asks me, where do you want to save this file? So that, you know, starts this process of really speeding up 
just alone, you know, just, you know, the, the, the manual process alone of having to get your footage. Now it's available to you right on your computer to either go ahead and share on, on social media or embed onto your website or whatever. It's on your computer now. And then from there, I thought, well, if I have the, the footage on my computer, how can I record and edit at the same time was kind of like yeah. what I ended up doing. And there's a, a number of tools out there, kind of like what we're using now with Restream or Ecamm or StreamYard, all these other platforms that are really built for live streaming also have the ability to, to record. And so all of those features that come into the program that allow for you know, videos to pop in and, you know, lower thirds to show up and audio effects and sound effects and all that. You can really control all of that from your computer while you're recording your video content. So I kind of, it, it almost feels like I'm a DJ, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm like, got my playlist together. I know what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I think the most empowering aspect of it is to really train yourself. Uh, if, you know, for those who are creative or looking to do more video, it's like, you have to like train yourself to think like an editor think ahead of time of what the shots are going to be and you can be that much more efficient in how you capture. So that's, uh, yeah, how I did that. I, uh, oftentimes when I'm editing something, um, especially when I'm editing a new type of project, because like, I'm sure you've worked with like a lot of different kinds of like output. And so like this project's going to be like, end up being very different than this project. And I'm always like, particularly with editing, I'm always really fascinated to see, like how long something takes when you're first like chewing into it and figuring out how to get this particular thing that you want to get done to work. And then like after doing five of them, like the, your productivity on those things like skyrockets, like relatively quickly. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So when you were when you started streaming in particular, what did that like like gradient look like to um, to kind of go from like I'm figuring this out, like this is how I want things to look to like, oh, we can bang these out like really quickly. Yeah, you know, it, it. I honestly, it just was an idea, and I just went with it just to see what would happen. And luckily, ended yeah. up being successful with it. You know, I was really blown away. I mean, I'm telling you, as many shoots and projects as I've done, I was on cloud nine after this. I was like, I was like, holy crap! Like, I don't have to, like the edits are done. Everything is already, you know, in a Dropbox folder. And at that point, like I said, my business partner was right there and started just putting the videos in Teachable. You know, that's her, yeah, it's her yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. So it was, I, 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 it just was something that came to mind and it, it just, it just sort of happened. But like you said, like once you sort of know the flow uh, and you essentially have like a template, if you will, then you can duplicate the template. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it probably took us like maybe after like two or three videos and kind of getting the hang of it, then it just was like, boom, like we just knocked out the, the remaining. So um, I ended up, getting enough content to cover our the first course and a second course. So we just haven't released the second course. But yeah, I just like just totally bang these out um, and, and just got it done. But like I said, because simply because the editing could be done in that way, I know that going forward, I'm like really motivated to do more because I know that it's not going to take me like, you know, a super long time. For those who are listening, uh, when it comes to video editing and, you know, Tim, you can attest to this, like for every hour of raw footage that you've collected, it usually takes anywhere from like three to like eight hours for that one hour to actually go through scrub, edit, you know, do all of the, the color, the, all those things. Like yeah. it can take yeah. such a long time. So, uh, so to be able to do this, especially if you're a beginner, I think it's possible. You know, we're we're all we're all using Zoom. We're all familiar with like some aspect of how to use video for ourselves right now. So why not take the next step? You know, I, I say get 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 a camera set up or get a little webcam or whatever, have that hooked into your computer. And even if you don't, you can still record a course with your built-in webcam too without having to do a whole bunch. So, you know, that's essentially what I did. And I have some other components too that make it, uh, to make it easier. But essentially, yeah, I think that um, uh, being able to speed up that edit process has been like, I'm just excited just to do another one, honestly. So if somebody is uh, relatively new to producing video um, and they're looking to start publishing a lot of work relatively quickly and making ads like, let's say, as little impact on their time as possible, are there are there specific tools that you would recommend in particular? 
Yes. Um, I, I definitely recommend, you know, and it really depends too on like the, the type of content they're producing and what have you. Cause for example, if they're doing like, let's say a new business owner is going to start to do like a, like a show, like a, a, mm-hmm. a video podcast or something. Those are really templated. They're really easy. They can follow the same format and structure. You go from an intro to a hook to your guest to maybe a, a, a sponsored part, you know, and then you have your closeout and then your ending. Like typically you're going to follow those exact same structures. And if you're able to uh, essentially create things in that format, you can do it and you can stay consistent. Um, and if you're really smart about it, you can in- invite and involve the people who you need to be connected to in that podcast too, or whatever you're doing. And I but um, a, a really important point because it's not just like, oh, you have your editing process down. It's, oh, you have your like content organization down. So like you have a template for like how the content's actually going to flow in the video because that will impact the editing later on when you're working on that too. Exactly. I think that the more you can think ahead and really uh, incorporate all the things you need to happen in your business, you know, some people just need more visibility online with their brand. Some people need to really boost up their marketing and sales, demonstrate what they know how to do. Um, th- there's so many ways that video can be used, but uh, if you're able to, again, think ahead and provide that structure uh, of what needs to happen, you know, I think that the editing part and when you go to film, it will be a whole lot, a whole lot easier. So how has um, this kind of production of video impacted your video, uh, your, uh, your business in particular? And how, how do you think other people should be framing it? This has really impacted me, uh, again, because it's just so, it's, it's a lot easier to, to get the video content done. It's literally me going onto my computer, opening up a program and hitting record or going live. And just with that ease, um, I, I've been able to just share more content, go live more often. Um, and as a result, you know, there's more awareness out there. I, like I mentioned just last week, uh, we launched the we launched the course. Like I said, I had six people that had already signed up yeah. for that. And then afterwards, I had like another five or six sign up just from the content I was doing. So, you know, just going live and just sharing things. So this has been really powerful. I mean, I don't have to go live. I could just record it and post it later or whatever. But just knowing that um, I don't have to do all those things, it's just, uh, it really motivates me. I'm like, okay, well, I can actually do that. You know, the rest of it is just my mindset and whatever other stuff comes up to mind about getting on camera. You know, the technical stuff, um, since that's easier, it just motivates me more. Yeah, because actually that's been something I've been, uh, something in particular I've been wondering for myself when I'm working with certain kind of clients on certain kind of projects um, Mm -hmm. is... You know, let's say hypothetically you're stu- you're you're recording this piece live and you're editing it as you're going with with the streaming tools that you have. What do you do when you feel like you trip up? You know what I mean? And you uh, and you like uh, stumble over your words. Are, are you the kind of like? Do you, would you recommend them going back and cutting those pieces out? Would you recommend them like just keeping it in and moving forward with it? Um, yeah. How, how do you frame that for yourself and your clients? Yeah. Typically, what I do is um, I like to keep the camera rolling if I can. Mm-hmm. And as quickly as possible, just get them get them refocused. Let them know it's okay. All right, let's just keep it going. You know, pick up where you left off. Um, and then from an editing standpoint, we can you know we can address it. So there were some uh, actually have like a whole thing of bloopers from my course too because I totally messed up on you know a lot of things that I was saying. Um, but 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 for me, uh, there were some parts I just said, just keep rolling out, edit it later, because it'll be a simple edit to do. If it was too much of a train wreck, then I said, all right, let's just start over. You know, I would stop recording yeah. and then just give it a shot again from the top. So, yeah. you know, those things, it's just, uh, I feel like an intuition piece. It's like, well, you know, how can I, how can I get this? Um, yeah, how can I get this done? Um, so that way, at the end of the day, it's understood, it's well communicated. Um, and, it, and it still looks professional. So for me, it's just, you know, we mess up. If we can keep the cameras rolling, let's do it. If not, just start over. I also know, um, I know, like you said, you're, you're working on a course right now. Uh, are there any, are there any like specifications that you recommend? Like, like how long each episode of the, like each module of the course more or less should be? Like, is there anything specific that you think about? Or you think that's like really determined on 
like the depth of the content or something along those lines? I think it depends on the content. However long it takes to arrive at your objective, you know, your outcome for the for your learners, then you know that could be done in five minutes. It could be done in ten minutes or twenty minutes, thirty minutes. Uh, it just really depends on whatever it is that that learning objective is and how long it takes to explain it and to have everything covered. Um, and on this particular course, it was about how to um, actually get a home studio set up at your desk. So um, everything from the equipment that you need um, all the way to how to actually set it up, you know, like the actual setup video of me showing how to set it up was like four minutes long. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's what I needed to show the steps. I'm like, hey, here's there's 10 steps. Step number one, do this. And I showed how to do it. Step number two, do that. You know, so whatever is needed to effectively communicate uh, whatever that learning objective is, you know, it can be as long as it's needed. Um, as long as the value is there and they're getting what they what they need, you know, and just um, making sure too the curriculum is laid out in a specific yeah. way. So I know like uh, a lot of people have a lot of different thoughts on things like production value. Like for instance, like right now your setup looks gorgeous, um, and I'm sure you, like that's something that's been forged out over time and experience and what you like in particular. Uh, what are your thoughts on like? What, how people should think about production value, like the areas that they might consider if they're going to spend some money, what areas should they put money on? And do you think it really makes an impact on the, on like how their content is received and how many people watch it and those kind of things? I mean, since the whole pandemic, I mean, we're all now virtual superstars, you know, in a sense, it's like, yeah. um, and even now, if you watch, if you watch regular TV or watch interviews, you know, celebrities, it's actually, you get a peek into their home or wherever they're at. And to me, that's really interesting. So I think that with that, there's a, a, there's a new expectation. You know, if you, yeah. if you get on, on, on or whatever, it's like, if you get on there and your, your laptop is like angled really high and you're like, you're at the bottom of your screen and you see your whole ceiling fan and all of that, I think that that really does have an effect on how you're going to be perceived, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. and, and I think more people are starting to understand that. Um, so really, to me, the best things to, to invest in is like a, a digital mirrorless camera. They're coming out to be much cheaper than what you would spend like a thousand bucks and up for a DSLR. Um, like I just uh, I just actually got a new camera myself, updated camera. Uh, I think I lost you. Uh oh. Yeah, I'm still here. There you go. OK. Um, yeah, go for it. So I, I just I got uh, which. I ended up getting another another mirrorless camera because it was on sale. It was a used uh, Sony mirrorless camera, and um, I spent like four hundred four and five hundred bucks on it. You know, for a decent camera that can accomplish this exact same look. So yeah. if there is something to invest in, I definitely say invest in a really you know upgraded camera that is not your built-in webcam. And that alone is going to change so much. From there, you just you know you need the hookups to get it uh, to your computer. Um, but at that point, I mean, oh my gosh, like your Zoom communication is going to be off. It's going to be great. You know, when people jump on a Zoom on a group call or something like that, you're going to be the one that stands out. Um, when you jump on on a call with your clients, you're really going to impress them as well. They're going to be like, oh wow, like this looks like you actually care about what you're doing. <laughs> You yeah. Know, yeah. Or whatever. And it just it just it just uh, it means way more. And then also, too, with your with your backdrop, if you're able to really create an environment that's really cool to visit, whether you're in person or not, you know, you're, you really got something else going on there, too, that it's very inviting, um, gives people a sneak peek into your home, how you work, how organized you are. You know what I mean? If you got like papers all around you, it's like, oh, uh, you know, it's yeah. a little bit uh, more challenging to. Uh, uh, you know, to just to, just to, uh, to 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 do your business day to day if if your environment is messy, you know. So we get a whole lot of insight, right, with more visual. So really, I think it's like I said to invest in the video, uh, in the actual camera itself, and maybe a small light. You know, really those things are going to make a tremendous difference, and you'll be able to actually do some more video content of your own that's really professional and that looks really good. So, so you might argue that like the benefits get a little bit like if you spend a little, the benefits can really be exponential. And by little, I mean like probably if even just a few thousand dollars can go a long way. And yeah, I was I, I and with my clients, I've been uh, just because a lot of them don't want to spend. You know, some of them are, 
you know, in a position with the pandemic where they're like, I know I need to do something, but I don't want to blow, you know, I don't want to spend thousands of dollars on this setup. So I've been able to recommend some setups that are like, you know, between 500 to 700 bucks or so, depending on, you know, the look that they want, but getting the blurred, the blurred uh, look effect, you know, having it to be something that works really well with your computer, you have a decent light, all those things really shouldn't run you over, in my opinion, what I have done even for myself, shouldn't run you more than 600 bucks, 600, 700 bucks. Yeah, it's kind of strange because even though even just like a few years ago, like the, the the quality that you can get out of a mirrorless camera is like mind blowing. Even yeah, let's say even like the new iPhone 12, like from the video footage I've been seeing on it, like they've made some substantial upgrades and uh, and where like the photography alone is kind of starting to rival like what was almost exclusively like the DSL market could only make those kind of, um, you know, make those kind of things. And even they require a lot of post-production to get the kind of quality that something like the iPhone 12 can do now. So uh, we are really in a time period where you can have essentially like a news networks, like set of tools in your home for like only a few thousand dollars at the most. I'm telling you, I'm yeah. telling you. And on the flip side, like the diminishing returns of spending like $10,000 on camera, or I, I guess like even like $6,000 on a camera are pretty substantial. Cause what, like what, what's the camera that you have right now? Um, the one I'm using right now is a Sony A, A7R2. Yeah. And you know, this one I actually got in Thailand, but you know, it's about a, about a thousand bucks, give or take maybe 12, I think in total with the lens, but that's that. But then I, I, like I said, I recently came across a used Sony a 6,000 that I uh, got for like 500 bucks. So I'm also going to incorporate that. Maybe I'll switch this one out if I, if I want just to kind of see what the quality difference is, or I can set up a second camera and feed that yeah. into my computer, switch back and forth. Yeah. Like why not? Yeah, I saw the other day um, somebody else teaches a uh, like so he does video production, but he also teaches a college course um, on mm -hmm. on video. And so pandemic, you know what I mean? He's moved. Uh, he's had to stream all his courses, and he even has a um, on on like a not a C stand, but um, it's got one of those arms, so you can like look directly down, so you can show them like oh, what yeah. he's doing the streaming thing at the same time. But mm -hmm. if you were to ask me, like if I was going to look at your camera, because like you're streaming and uh, I know I know that camera can, I'm 99% sure that camera can output 4K and the colors look great. So uh, I'm saying, I mean, I'm, I'm just like, I doubt you would really be able to take, like be able to tell the difference between that and like a red camera at this point, like looking on that. I'm telling you, yeah. I'm telling you. It's, it's just, it's like I said, the technology is just mind blowing. And what's happening in these iPhones and these smartphones, you know, it's just, uh, it's making it a little bit easier to do. How do you and, think it uh, will affect your business over the next, like, like, I don't even want to think about 10 years from now, but over even just like the next three years, like, how do you think this, this is going to affect your business? Like, what, this, this setup and this? Uh, well, uh, yeah, how accessible the technology is in general and, and how easy it is to get like great looking footage. Especially, especially now with all the streaming options. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, um, one of the really important initiatives for me and goals that I have for myself is really to jump on and uh, be more of an educator mm -hmm. and to get back to teaching. And I know that when it comes to teaching, uh, you want to be the fun teacher. <laughs> Nobody wants to be the boring teacher. So uh, when it comes to those things, and as I start teaching entrepreneurs and other businesses about how to implement and utilize video to the fullest, uh, I want my education quality to match uh, you know, my professionalism and how I see video being done. So I can see definitely over uh, you know, the coming years that, uh, that the production quality is going to still be really great, but our ease and the speed I think is going to be the the main component that really drives uh, even more engagement. So, you know, instead of like think about from the moment that uh, when it comes to content, you have an idea, and from that moment in time until it's actually released, you know, how much time is that? You know, I I could see like if it takes let's say four hours or so to get it done, which is still pretty fast, but let's say it's four mm -hmm. hours worth of time. If I'm able to get that down to an hour. 
and really still even speed up uh, and, and to really compound the amount of content and education that I'm sharing, I think that I'll just be able to reach more people. Yeah. So I can see that um, that definitely being a result um, and something that I want to strive for is how can I easily do it and to do it with speed? Hey, I got an idea. Let's go right. Let's go live right now. Boom. Let's go. Yeah. I'm done. You know what I mean? And everything is set up. I don't have to go and call anybody. I don't have to, you know, it's just like, all right, let's open up this program. All right. We got our, our angle set up. I know what I'm going to say. Let's go live or let's go ahead and record this. And it's done. Um, that's sort of what I can see happening. And then the speed of that, like I said, just being um, just tripled, really. What What is the, um, so what, what would you say uh, the impact, like do you, how do you want to, how do you want to see people um, using this technology as a whole? Like, where do you want to, where do you think this is going with people in general? Do you think video is literally for everyone? Cause I know originally, this video was called like video first, you know what I mean? Like yeah. how, how do you really see, um, how, how do you want people to, to use video in the beginning? Cause like one thing that I'm really curious about is I know that we have, uh, there's so much content out there. Like there's a ton, you know what I mean? Like every day somebody's really uh, re um, releasing like billions and billions of um, terabytes of content. Um, I don't know if it's mm -hmm. billions of terabytes, but a lot. And, uh, and yeah, that, you know, if you, let's say you post a video on Instagram, right. Or, or, or a photo or something on TikTok, like you could spend a lot of time on that, that piece of content or maybe not even that much time, but like, you know, it has an immediate impact and then it kind of just like is gone into the ether. Um, so I guess I'm always trying to frame for myself, like, what should I put, what kind of value should I put on an individual piece of content and how should I look at content in general and how should um, people look at the stuff that they're publishing on things like LinkedIn. I know this is a little bit of a, this is a, like a multi-part question, but I, I guess I'm, I'm always, I don't want to say struggling, but I'm always trying to like frame how I should view creating content. Cause it's like a living, breathing organism now, rather than an individual piece of property, which it was maybe like 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I mean, yeah. because like what you brought up is, is video first. I mean, my, and I'm, that's still a, a term that I'm uh, playing around with and seeing if that's something that I really want to use, but the, the, the mindset and the thought behind video first is like, okay, whenever we as a company or as a brand are about to communicate something, we should think about how we can use video to do it first. Mm -hmm. You know, how video can be incorporated first um, uh, because it is the highest engagement medium and the most powerful medium. And plus from that video content, you can repurpose so many things. You can get a transcript from it for written. You can get audio from it. You can get stills from it. You know, you can get snippets from it, uh, from a long version into a short version. I mean, there's so much you can do um, with video. So I, my vision really is to see people just using video and doing it in a way that, um, doing it in a way that they enjoy. I think that's the key. Uh, because otherwise it's like this burdensome process that people just hate, you know, like, oh, I hate editing. I don't want to, yeah. you know, um, but I think that the end goal is to, or what I, what I hope people's end goal is, is to keep video as, as something that you can definitely strive for, that it becomes the, the first piece of the strategy that you use for any sort of communication. And, and secondly, that you find a way to enjoy the process. Yeah. Yeah because that is where you will find your contentment. You'll hopefully find your joy because you're showing and you're demonstrating something that you really care about. Yeah. Who cares what somebody else says? You know what I mean? Who cares if enough people watch it? If they don't, all right, let's just switch it up. How can I present what I love to do in a different way? You know, yeah. how can I just yeah. read? So, so that way you're still in a process of enjoying what you're doing. And I think that um, by doing that, you won't be as concerned about how many, you know, all the views and all the back end of it. It's like, OK, well, the reward here is is actually sharing what I love. And I yeah. think if the focus can be there, then all the other uh, challenges that come up with when it comes to doing video will either be easier or you'll see kind of a light that, uh, that you, you know, something that you can grab onto that'll make it work for you. But I think for right now, people really have a lot of expectations around video that I think are unrealistic sometimes. And then um, so, uh, so in terms of the end result, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, because um, I, I want to go back to that in a second because that that expectation thing is especially now because like we're we're in a place where you know, all, like us as video producers, we can do so much, but there's still like some ridiculous asks I get sometimes. You know what I mean? Or like, but but the, it's not like the client's fault for thinking that that might be possible, right? Because like so much is possible now. Um, but uh, I want to come back to that in a second, just because the way, way you, you said that, uh, like, what is it that you love about video? Um, and I, I think one of the things that I, I'm not sure, because I'm still learning about how you work, but I like working on, um, on projects that uh, are very different. You know, like I like, I mean, by very different, I mean, like, I don't like working on the same style project every time. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, like, it's not like, you know, you work in a restaurant and I'm trying to like output like the same high quality food in the same, in the same way every time. Like I kind of like to work on like the part, like we just like have a different menu every day. You know what I mean? And, um, and even with that, like having an organized best practice process is super important. You know what I mean? Like even if you have no idea what this video is going to be, when you start like working on pre-production, you still need a process. And I'm kind of in a place where I know I like working that way, and I'm trying to figure out how to fit that pro how to fit a process. So even though this is going to be very different than the last project I worked on, I know I can. There are a lot of things that I can predict, so I can leave room for those like unpredictable things. Um, I, this was leading to a question. I can't remember what question I had. It was just, <laughs> Um, I, I just think uh, I'm I'm really interested in, um, yeah, no, I'm really interested because video can be so many different things, right? Like mm -hmm. it can be used for so many different ways. It can be used to like just communicate ideas because like I'll, I imagine because you're consulting with a lot of clients. So a lot of people just want ways to expand their network and let people know what it is that they're doing, right? And then, and then based on the amount of time they have and time and resources they have, they, they're going to be able to communicate that with a certain level of depth, right? Like yeah. you, like because this is your business, you have probably more time and resources to put into the LinkedIn and YouTube and Instagram videos that, that you create on a regular basis, right? Um, mm -hmm. And you also have a lot more time and you have a history, so you have a lot more experience to like kind of cultivate a certain image that other people may not, at least right now, have the time to do. So I guess the best question you could be, like, how would you recommend somebody kind of like really figuring out where they are in the video space? You know what I mean? From like the kind of content that they like to create to um, to what they should be okay with producing right now. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, I, th I think that there's so much responsibility that lies on us as creatives to educate because think about it, if I'm able to teach my client how to be a good client in the sense that they're aware of what, you know, what the expectation should be, how they can get involved in the creative process, like by the time, like if I'm able to educate them ahead of time on how to structure their video, how to know what video to do next, like I think that that's really important. And that's really the driving factor behind uh, my first online school, which I call it the video playbook. And that's essentially for entrepreneurs, so they know exactly what play to run to make the next play or to, to win. You know what I mean? It's about how can we educate them to know really how to think about it. And then once they can think about it, they know how to best communicate to creatives. And the more likely they're going to be happy with the end result. Everybody's on the same page. There's no yeah, assumptions okay. being made. Um, so that's, that's an initiative of mine right now is just to teach and to educate. Um, and what I found is that people... Uh, or most of my clients now, when they approach me about doing a video project, they've already done half of the work that usually I had to do or guide them through. Now they can do that through a, a video course. And when they come to me, they're sending me footage or they're sending me, um, you know, a project that is in alignment with my process and what's going to be the easiest yeah. for both of us to get this done. So um, I think that I think it's just it's, it's education has to fill that gap. I mean, so many people are thinking like, oh, we need to do a video ad. It's like, no, not really. It looks like based on your customer yeah. journey yeah. and what's happening in your business, you just need to get some more testimonials so you can convert higher. 
Yeah. You know, that's where you should spend your focus. Let's let's fill that gap first and then identify where, wherever else we need to apply video and really bump up video and invest video. Um, because it's easy to think, oh, I just need to do more content. You do, but where does that lead? You know, all, how all the pieces fit together is really important. And then you're able to determine where does my business most need video right now? For some people, because they're doing so well, they probably don't even need a whole lot of front-facing video right now. That's not their problem. Their problem might be on the back end and the fact that their receptionist has to repeat the same stuff all the time to a new a new client. You need to look into your onboarding process and how you can make that fun and exciting and prep people before they get there. That's time saving and cost saving. Like that's a huge money maker right then in and of itself that people overlook, I think. Uh, yeah. when it comes to video, it's like, look at your entire business. Where, where does this, where is it most needed right now? And, uh, I think from there they communicate it. They know a little bit, you know, just the basics about production and yeah. what it mean, what it takes to be successful, train them on that. Then when they're ready to come to you, they're using your template. They're using your script for, uh, uh, format. They're using your whatever. And now, you know, everything is just more clear at that point. So I think education is really it's really key, and I think it's a huge responsibility of creatives to start to educate more. Um, where where would you? How would you recommend creatives start doing that? You know, like what's a good place to start? Like, if you're sitting down with the client, where should you start with the client? Uh, I would ask them what their number one question is. What is it that they want to know about when it comes to video? How could how could this be easier? What are they overlooking? What are they not seeing? What are their challenges? Uh, that's really been a huge part uh, of of even how I've been building this. I didn't I did this course because so many people were asking me, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, or or whatever. So really figure out what they're asking about and find a way to to share it with them. Maybe not jump on a full course right away, but maybe do like a a webinar or do something to kind of break down or uh, whatever it is and get their feedback, see if that's helpful, and then start to build it out as you know yourself. Um, what were those questions? I think for creatives too. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Say it again. No, no. I was going to say, what were those questions that you initially got from when when people were were expressing interest in 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 education from you? Yeah, um, the first question was like, well, how can I get a blurred background look? I like your look. Like it initially came from people just seeing my look and asking a whole bunch of questions about that. Um, the other questions that started to come up were around, well, how can I, you know. What's the best way to edit my footage? What do I say on camera? Um, what I do with my hands? <laughs> like every, like all kinds of questions. But I, I made an intention to ask. You know, ask like, what are you, what are you thinking about? What are your questions? And that, that's some of the ones that came up. Um, as well as like, well, how can I grow my business with video? How do I add video to my website? I mean, it's the, the questions are everywhere. Um, they're all kind of all over the place. So, a lot yeah. of different ones. Yeah. Uh because uh, I've, I've had, I've, I've received some questions. No, I've received, a, uh, periodically, I will get inquiries to do some consulting on helping people produce internal videos on themselves. And mm -hmm. typically, it's something that I, I turn down those kind of projects in particular, um, because I, I, when I get to ask those questions, I realize that weirdly, I don't know the answers to a lot of the questions that they're asking. And I'm not saying like, what's the blur in the background, but like, I never really thought about like much about like how to do something along the lines of, um, of streaming video, as far as like, what, how do you build the aesthetic for streaming video? I never really gave too much thought about it until COVID happened. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm usually like in a location shooting a particular project for a particular thing, mostly ads, sometimes internal video, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and maybe some branded content, but in general, like, it's not something I really gave much thought to until now. So now I'm like, it's weird. I spend so many hours with video. And as you can see through this performance, I'm still figuring it out. Like for some <laughs> reason, my camera just shut off in the middle of shooting. I have no idea why uh, that it's plugged in. The HDMI cable's working, but that just shut off. Who knew? Uh, I'm still working on getting like, I, I do, I light scenes all the time. I'm still figuring out how to not get this area exposed in my window right here without having to take 10 lights. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so it, it's, uh, uh, so yeah, that was something I found when I started getting asked those questions. It's surprisingly, it's, it sounds like, it feels like, like you make it seem really easy, 
And I'm sure like once you get the process down, it's like it's like mine, you know, you, you don't really have to put much thought into it. But at the moment, like there are a bunch of gaps even in my head where I'm like, how do you do that? You know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> yeah. is, this, is this some area where you kind of just did, did you how long have you been streaming in the kind of context that you're doing now or maybe not even streaming, but producing videos from from your personal space like this? Yeah, um, it actually it started around when the pandemic happened, like March, April. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. So, so I, I, yeah, yeah I, I started playing with different setups and trying to, uh, you know, get my backdrop together. Like there was a I had ordered this. It was like a paper backdrop that I put on the wall at my old yeah. house. Yeah. And it was like a like a wood looked like a 3D wood kind of thing, but it was just was paper. And I was using that and I had like kind of like some lights and stuff that I was playing around with. So that's when I actually started just trying to see, you know, see how I could do this. And um, and I just started giving more thought to it because I, I don't know, something about it, I just, I knew that there was going to be something that would change about video because we couldn't physically be together. So how to bring that experience into Zoom conversations, which was happening a lot, um, other presentations that I was doing, um, cause even like around May or so is when I started doing a little, uh, teen class for teenagers around video production. And I knew I wanted it to just, I want it to be a good representation, you know, for video with this. And I knew that I could, so I was like, well, I'm just going to go and do it. So that's when it started for me was, it was definitely the pandemic. And it really, like you said, um, inspired ideas around, well, the aesthetic of video, since this, this is how. We have to communicate, you know. And and I imagine like the platforms that we're using now also really affect like the direction that video is going, um, mm -hmm. and how people think about it too, and the overall aesthetic of it. Because for instance, like um, you know, we have we have uh, the social like typical social media platforms which all have like live live pieces to it now. We have TikTok, but we also have things like Twitch. Um, which is really popular for streaming and streaming is uh, has I'm gonna say just over the last like four to five years like just like taken off and and even people who are uh, like Millennials and older are starting to do a lot more streaming work in general um, so I ha has that like do you think that affects the way um, I mean of course it does but how do you think that affects the way people Think about what they need as far as video and what's important. I guess. Um, I think. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that comes up comes to mind is the fact that um, when it comes to streaming and recording, there's a lot that's happening where people are being interviewed. Podcasts are really popular uh, medium right now, and if you're asked to be on a podcast or you're or you have your own podcast. Like I could see definitely how this is going to impact that, you know, over over time, um, because everything is just going to be that much more visual, of course. And I think that the the streaming aspect of what you're what you're discussing, like, I think it's just it's just the future. Think about again about speed, speed. Like back in the when the internet first came, you know, think about how long it took for a page to load, you know, or for AOL to yeah. kick in. It's like, it just, there's just this time gap that just goes smaller, 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 smaller. And video, I think is no different. And streaming, I think makes it to where like, there's literally no time uh, uh, between producing it, creating it, and when someone's actually engaging with it. I think that it's just a representation of how things have just sort of uh, sped up that time that it takes to communicate and to share. And these video streaming capabilities have made it really, again, going back to the editing part, that much easier because a lot of these live streaming platforms have the ability to bring in video content. So like how we do in the podcast, you know, Jeff brings in the, the, the video part that comes in. This is all in the live streaming platform. So if I can think from creating content, you know, and, and what it takes to do that in the process, then why not just open up a live streaming platform, add in my videos, you know, yeah. add in my things that I want to do. But of course, you have to think about it ahead of time. But you bring those things in while you're recording. And once you're done, you either have that recording or if you went live, it's already on the Internet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you were like, do you think it's possible if we were to workshop it like 
Is there something that we should be thinking about when we're creating these podcasts that might make the might make the uh, our ability to like post it for somebody to watch later a little bit better? You know what I mean? Like, uh, is there is there any like thoughts that you 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 have on stuff like that? Yeah, I do. I think that when it comes to podcasts and any sort of long form content, mm -hmm. you really want to consider the fact that, especially if you're looking to attract an audience and get more listeners. I think that more has to be done uh, outside of just assuming that somebody's going to watch a whole hour yeah. and they've just yeah. met you. Right. Yeah. So I think that on the marketing and distribution side, um, it's really helpful to cut out smaller parts of that longer segment, share that on all the social media platforms that hopefully gauge interest. Um, hopefully you're talking about something that those people want to know about and as a result of them saying the short thing, then at the end, they're directed to say, hey, if you want to listen to the whole thing, go to our YouTube or go to our page where you can watch it's, watch it in its entirety. Yeah. So I think yeah. that on the distribution side, I think that's where we have to kind of really shift and think a little bit more. To me, that's where uh, post-production and just like, you know, that's going to have to come into play because somebody's going to have to essentially cut those things up. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're going to need some labor there. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so like if that was the case, then, and you're, you know, you're obviously not like a, a huge podcaster, then you're going to want to introduce people to you. And the best way to introduce you to people to you is in those smaller form clips. Um, and that can get, that can get more engagement. And then once they kind of like get familiar, maybe, maybe build like a, a small parasocial relationship with you and that then they're more likely to like sit there, put you on the background and listen to you for an hour um especially exactly gotcha gotcha no that makes a lot of sense um so in general um if you could make any kind of video content for the rest of your life what kind of work would you like to do like if you, if you could do like what what is your dream um video production look like man huh um i think i think it's definitely in alignment with like what, what we call new or emerging media that's really consumed on the internet. So I definitely want to uh, focus more there. I could see uh, definitely have a, having a network of different ongoing episodic series that I produce. And they're all you know, focused in some way, shape or form on the things that I value and um, you know, that my partners involved in those projects value as well. And really just having fun with, uh, with those topics. I could really see that there's, it, it's kind of, um, it's more personal. It's like what you want to see in the world and what you want to create in the world. It's like, that's where it kind of stems from. So I, I'm, I'm interested in really episodic content, you know, that is co-branded and really brings a message that uh, addresses a lot of, uh, and brings attention to a lot of needs, I think, that we have in, in, in our country, in our, in our world. So I'll share one of them, which uh, yeah. in 2021 will we'll start to grow some legs. But uh, that one's called A Date with Daddy. And the concept of that is showcasing and featuring um, dads and daughters going on dates to uh, places, you know, like nice little restaurants. And like, I'm thinking about the mom and pop shops and some of these restaurants that uh, could really use a little bit more attention and awareness about them, um, either from small, from small shops and local shops to maybe even something bigger down the road, uh, maybe like a actual restaurant chain that could would want to be a part of this and featuring all the locations to be the place where we can go and uh, feature dads and daughters and their relationships and they're all unique. So um, oh, that's, that, that, that's really, yeah. And it really hits home for me because, uh, and again, it all has to address something for me, it's addressing um, the need for uh, fatherhood and how important that is. Um, yeah. I'm really fortunate to have a father who's been super active in my life and, you know, been such a support for me. And, um, but I have a lot of friends, a lot of uh, family members who just don't have that. And I can see even firsthand in my, in my life, um, some of the people that I've uh, been really close to and involved with that, uh, you know, just really struggle from their father, just not being there, you know? And uh, a lot of times it just boils down to the fact that, you know, they don't feel needed. There's so much going on inside of them that, uh, uh, prevents them from just showing up. You know, there's this expectation that you have to have all this money and be the richest dude in the world to be a good dad. And I think that that's bull crap. And, uh, 
I really wished and hoped that more dads would see that and we can see more fathers being active in the lives of, 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 of their daughters and of their kids. So like that's like uh, something mm -hmm. that is ongoing. It's episodic. Um, it's uh, it, it can go really, really uh, deep and be a lot of fun. So like that's one concept. Again, it's nothing that a client hired me to do. Um, this is something that is an idea that comes from my heart that I want to put out there. So there's several things like that um, production wise that I want to do. Um, and it seems like it's leaning towards like really good episodic content um, that could be consumed on the Internet, um, you know, if you will. So. Yeah, that's yeah. That sounds really. Uh, I can't wait for the first episode. I can already kind of like visualize the texture of it. Um, so, uh, if uh, if you wanted to share something with the audience, particularly like, is there like a book or a concept you're obsessed with right now, or even a movie or anything? Like, what do you? What's something that you're really into right now? Uh, man, something I'm really into. Well, I. <laughs> I recently just uh, purchased a whole bunch of books around uh, around producing for much larger projects. So I've, you know, I'm kind of in a learning mode right now. So I'm like reading and learning from TV producers and um, seeing ways that I can incorporate how that's done and and what have you to do things like a date with daddy and a number of other projects that um, that I want to be a part of and to spearhead. So that's uh, that's what I'm really into right now. Uh, it's funny. Usually I pop on Netflix at night and uh, use that to chill out. But I've recently been just really motivated to read these books and to really educate myself on what it, what it takes to be a successful producer and to really make a difference with that. So, cause producing is very weird. It's like, it's, uh, it's both creative and it's very technical and organization yeah. and stuff like that. So it, it, it covers a lot for me. I'm kind of like half and half. I mean, I have a, like a degree in math, which is really weird and random. But um, and then I do all this creative stuff. So it's like it's a perfect uh, balance for me and, you know, getting opportunity to work with people and uh, and then oversee something really positive and meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like uh, the, the producer role, like really like sometimes it like intersects with a lot of other different roles in the production. It does. It does. Yeah. I mean, the business side, the marketing side, the, you know, where's the money coming in? Um, all of that. So yeah. I'm just different. Yeah. I'm usually hired to do it, but if I want to do it myself, like what's the process involved, you know? So that's what I'm really into right now is learning that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, uh, thanks for uh, talking with me today. Um, and uh, we missed you last week and uh, yeah. hopefully next week it will work the way I want it to. And um, you did and, great, um, Tim. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to a lot more chats about uh, video and creativity with you in the next couple of weeks. I love it. Let's do it. Awesome. Awesome. I'll see you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye guys.